Hey everyone, welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten Ballers to the Big Leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Feeder. Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 17 of Boiler Buzzer Beater. I am your host Rebecca here with my lovely co-host Grant. How's it going bud? What's up everyone? Hey Rebecca, hope you're having a great Wednesday. Lovely weather we're having today. Yeah, it's a little rainy but I mean hey, it's in the 70s so for April you can't really do much better than yeah. that. I mean the entire state of Indiana was issued a tornado watch today too which is great. Saw some videos online of some tornadoes touching down Oh yeah. on the Midwest. Um, well, I haven't seen any with my own eyes, so as of now, I think West they Lafayette is safe. They don't exist. Nope. Don't see it. It's not real. They're not real. Tornado deniers here. But, um, weather aside, we've got a whole lot of stuff to cover, so let's jump right into it. Grant, you want to start us off? It. Yeah, of course. We can't start Boyle Buzz Reader without talking about some Purdue at basketball. Um, it's been a while since we've had our last show, right, Rebecca? So we got a lot of, um, a lot of small things to talk about here. First off... Uh, we're going to get into the NCAA tournament with the, the both t- tournament championships finishing up. First off, we talk about Zach Eady. Um, Mr. Eady has uh, accumulated quite a few accolades and awards, including the most prestigious one in men's college basketball, which that would be the um, Wooden Award. He accumulated all six major National Player of the Year awards, uh, including AP and just, um, I believe, the official one as well. Yeah, USBWA. Just all the big awards and um and the Naismith trophy. So yeah, basically you gotta be you gotta be happy for Zach. He um he yeah, he also received the Wooden Award. Um Oscar Shibway received it last year, then Luca Garza before that. Zion Williamson, I didn't even know he got that in 2018, 2019. Um but yeah, but congrats to Zach. I think he's had of a heck of a season this year, and I don't know any other college athlete that deserves to get all these awards. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, sweeping all of them, dang, that's pretty impressive. You know, like, I think you can just sit here and run down the list of everything. Um, I saw a tweet of, like, everything he's compiled this season. Like, we've got so much. we got the yeah. Phil, Light, Phil Knight Legacy uh, MVP award. We've got pretty much every AP, you know, preseason, midseason, postseason, top 10 awards that there possibly could be. Big 10 Player of the Week for so many. Um, Wooden, Nismith. AP top twenty five. You say Nice Naismith. So it's Naismith. 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 Aaron Naismith. Aaron Naismith. Creator of bas- he's a, you know, creator of basketball. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, continuing on there, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's quite the uh quite the rap sheet he's got for himself there. Um, so congrats to Zach Eady. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm very uh, happy for Zach Eady. Um, another small thing is that uh, there are some transfer rumors going around. I heard. Did you hear about this, Rebecca? That um, you know, uh, Dan Dockage of Indianapolis Star, I believe, um, he's been known to make some you know some rumors and some claims. He throws some stuff out there in the past about players, and um, he always makes you know has some hot takes about teams and players in Indiana. And he threw out that Zach Eady was going to be transferring, and it was because of NIL money. Um, he was trying to get more money somewhere else where he was going to the portal. But Zach Eady, uh, a few minutes later, <laughs> quote tweeted him and said, uh, my sources say no, that he's not transferring. And, um, yeah, I'm glad he got that out of the way. Uh, Eady doesn't seem like the guy for me that wants to transfer. I feel like he's put a lot of faith in the Matt Painter and helping him develop. Um, you know, Purdue's been known in the last few years as, like, the big man school, you know, helping guys that are seven feet tall um, develop. 
and that'll be true next year with Wilberg becoming, you know, he will be getting playing time next year, and he's 7-2. So, uh, yeah, that's great to see um, that Edie's not going to leave. I believe he said an official quote in an interview recently that a lot of outlets were asking him if he would be going to the NBA draft since you have um, until April 23rd to declare while keeping your eligibility to see if you want to test the NBA draft. Your agents will usually get evaluations from uh, NBA scouts, and they'll be like, yeah, he could get drafted, or like, yeah, we're not really looking at him as a player. Um, so then they can tell their player, and the player be like, okay, I'll stay in college or something like that. Um, but Edie said he probably, he most likely will be declaring for the draft, like with his eligibility, um, just so his agent will have the chance to go see what teams are looking at and seeing if they, he's, you know, a prospect that could be drafted. Um, I think official you know, outlets and, you know, mock drafts have Edie as a late second round pick currently, like in the 40s or 50s. So um, I, don't, I don't know if that will happen or uh, where he's going to go officially. You know, it's about around the same for like Trace Jackson Davis and Drew Timmy as well. Drew Timmy is a little lower. Um, but, you know, those guys are projected like 40, 50. Um, there's big men who are, are not quite like, they're not great shooters or um, or just, you know, kind of like old, old school big man. But nonetheless, uh, I'll be glad for Edie either way if he declares for the draft or if he just says, no, I'm going to stay here. Um, but again, he has until April 23rd to declare while keeping his eligibility there. Um, well, that was the Purdue men's basketball there, Rebecca. We, of course, we can't forget about the women's basketball uh, as we move on um, with their season wrapping up here. And we talked about, you know, we we're going to talk about the tournament. But, uh, yeah, just real quick, we talked talk about the players coming back this year. We have uh, confirmation that Caitlin Harper, Janae Terry, Abby Ellis, all running it back for their sixth, um, sixth year for Caitlin Harper and fifth year for Janae Terry and Abby Ellis, respectively. Uh, what do you think about that? Becky, you excited? I, I am so excited. Um, you know, I kind of had a suspicion when they uh, weren't celebrated at senior night that they might be coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having official confirmation is uh, is always is always great. Um, you know, they've they've done great things for us this year. And I think combined with the freshman talent coming in, I think this is going to be a really, really good team. Um, I, you know, spoke to Abby Ellis in the hallway uh, under Mackie the other day, you know, oh, nice. doing great. The team's back yeah. out practicing. Um, so, you know, I think they're all definitely hungry to come back and show, you know, not just Purdue, but really everybody what they what they're capable of next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited as well. I'm more so excited because the team, you know, has high aspir. They'll have high aspirations next year. But um, it's always exciting seeing, like, you know, they're they're playing in such a good conference. Like you saw, I mean, you know, Iowa went all the way to the championship game this year, and you know, there's Ohio State and um, the IU, just a ton of Big Ten school, Maryland, all great schools. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see how Purdue competes with them. I'm also excited to see if Iowa's coming to Purdue to watch Caitlin Clark play at Mackey Arena. That'll be fun to that see. That would be so sick. Um, I'm, I don't, they didn't play here last year, so I, I, I assume they'll be here this year. So, um, and she'll be a senior there. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, like you said, it'll be fun to see Janae Terry, Abby Ellis, Caitlin Harper all come back, um, as well. I'll be very excited for that. And um, yeah, just women's basketball in general. Mary Ashley Grew, I believe, is playing in a high school, not a high school, but it's just some some. Uh, like, uh, I guess it is a high school, like, all-star game. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, exciting for her there. Um, yeah, I think we covered on the past episode all the new recruits coming in for Katie Gerald's and for Matt Painter for men's and women's there. It's just exciting nonetheless. Anyways, let's get into the other college basketball stuff. The NCAA tournament wrapped up on, on Monday this week. Today is currently April 5th as of this recording. 
But um, yeah, UConn, LSU, both won their respective championships for the men's side. Let's talk about UConn real quick. Uh, they just looked unstoppable, beating San Diego State 76-59. They beat every opponent in the in the uh, tournament by double digits, which is crazy. I haven't really seen that happen in a while there. Um, yeah, UConn just looked unstoppable. Jordan Hawkins, uh, Sonogo just all looked great for UConn. Um, San Diego State just never really could get going. They had some, you know, decent. Uh, they have a decent offense, but there was just UConn was so good at getting back, and just their defense was their hustle was crazy good. Um, and this ended up being UConn's fifth men's national championship this century. And also, they have um, between their men's and women's program, Rebecca, can you believe this? They have 15 championships combined, Dang, which I believe some numbers. Yeah, I believe the second most. I'm trying to remember. Um, I have to look at the, the stat I saw again, but it wasn't in the double double digits for the next best. Uh, Combine men's and women's here. See if I can find it real quick. I'm very close here. Um, oh yes, yes, okay. okay. So UConn has 15. Next closest is Baylor with four. So yeah, if you know Ariana, um, and uh, uh, Dan Hurley, uh, just doing a great job bringing their guys to um championships there. Um, yeah, Rebecca, I want to talk about the women's championship here real quick. So yeah, LSU defeated Iowa 102.85. Yeah, I mean, that was quite the game. Um, we had the uh, notorious Caitlin Clark-Angel Reach matchup there. Uh, Angel Reese, excuse me. Um, and that what a game that was. You know, the, it, the while the score doesn't necessarily, um, you know, say that it was close, um, I think it was, I think we saw great performances from both teams. Um, and then, like, the media, the, the media hullabaloo after, if you will, has been crazy. Um, it's been super exciting to see. Um, there's definitely been a lot of controversy surrounding this game and, you know, many different parts of it from the taunting from Angel Reese to the refs, the refs uh, to Joe Biden. And to Joe Biden. Jo I mean, how does, Joe that, Biden get, in the how White does House? that get thrown in there? No. Yeah. Joe Biden, all, you know, saying she wants both teams to come. But, you know, there's been all kinds of stuff. Um, this was LSU's first uh, title in program history. Um, so super cool that they were able to do that under Kim Mulkey. Um, they had some great, great players on that team overall. Um, so yes, it was such an exciting game to watch. And then speaking of watching, um, it was the most watched women's college basketball game in history, 9.9 .9 million views, uh, which is more than a, here's a fun list of, uh, games that the viewership for this game beat any MLS game ever, any Stanley cup game since 1973, the 21 NBA finals, the 2020 world series, the finale of the last of us and the most recent MLB NBA NFL all-star games. Wow. So this game had more had more views than all of those games. I, I've seen stats like that. So it seems like in the last few years, every year, like I said, it's been up like 103% like year over year that um, viewership just keeps increasing for women's sports, which is honestly great to see. Um, I can definitely see, you know, people on Twitter still, there's a lot of people that are, you know, aren't interested in women's sports or, you know, like the comment stuff. But just in general, it's great to see that viewership has gone up. Um, imagine if uh, ESPN decided to put this game at like a prime time slot instead of putting it at three thirty on a Sunday. I was very confused when I saw that. I was like, "Why is this game not at like six or seven o'clock when more people would be watching?" It's at three thirty. I guess it, I guess it's, it's a Sunday, but still. The joys of being a woman, Grant. Exactly, exactly, Rebecca. I mean, yeah, the men's championship was at nine o'clock on a Monday night, um, but yeah either way I, I either way i think it was uh, a great it's a great tournament for the women's i was surprised i mean many people were surprised that south carolina didn't win this whole thing i mean they went so far and 
They've beaten every opponent. They kind of just dropped off in that Iowa game. You know, I mean, Aaliyah Boston in the first half had zero points, two fouls. And then I think she only ended up getting to like six or eight points overall, not very many. Spent a good bit of time on the bench in foul trouble for a lot of that game. Um, you know, they had some other players that were able to kind of step up, but, you know, really no one was a match um, for Caitlin Clark. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't even really have to defend South Carolina all that much. You know, there's that one shot that kind of went viral um, of, you know, Caitlin Clark leaving like six feet of space in between a shooter at the three point line. Yeah. And then she doesn't take the shot, you know, like so I'm not really sure what the uh, what the thought process there. Um, Angel Reese was pretty quick to clap back saying, um, that's not going to fly with us. I was going to have to, you yeah. know, do some real defense, which I mean, obviously proves the LSU had some shooters that yeah. Iowa could not match. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, they're like, we're just, we're just going to take, like, we're going to make Caitlin Clark shoot a lot of bad shots. And if she makes them, she makes them, but we're not going to let anybody else score or, or, or we're going to make everyone else score. Excuse me. Um, and Iowa just, uh, could not get, get there. My favorite part of the game was when Angel Reese did the "You can't see me" taunt to John Cena, to um, Kaylin Clark. I thought that was fun. The whole little like "quote unquote" rivalry between them two, just kind of like the competitiveness, was great. And then, as you said, Rebecca, the Jill Biden is saying that she wants both teams to come to the White House. And I mean, I don't think that's how it works. I mean, you don't usually invite the loser to the White House. No, there's been a lot of uh, discussion surrounding this game saying that um, if Iowa won, LSU probably would not have been invited, um, or, you know, people are just kind of speculating different things. Um, that, in combination with the taunting, some people are saying that, you know, she took it too far or was disrespectful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's going to kind of have their own opinions, but I think the players said it best. You know, Caitlin Clark herself was like, no, I don't need to go to the White House. Let's let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that... Um, you know they're they're competitive. They're women. They're allowed to you know kind of trash talk a little bit and you know let the let what happens on the court speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know again, this is America, and everybody likes to think that they have um, their own opinions that need to be shared online. So we get to read funny tweets and funny little arguments. I I, I like college basketball because of that aspect. Is that the physicality, but also the level of like um, competitiveness they allow. You know, in the NBA, if you do, like, one small thing, they give you a foul, uh, you know, a technical foul or something like that, and it's gotten pretty outrageous in the last few years. So college, I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy to see. Uh, although there's been one out, uh, uh, egregious foul that I saw last year in the tournament where a guy dunked, and then he had to hang on the rim because if he didn't, he had too much momentum, he would have fallen, fallen down. And so he swung for, like, once, and he, he got off immediately when he came back, and they still gave him a technical foul and all that stuff. Caitlin Clark had a tech in the championship game. Yeah, wasn't that the highly, highly disputed one? Yeah. Well, and then there, it's funny, too, because then there's a video of Kim Mulkey, like, actively shoving the ref as he's, like, She was on the, the court. court for yeah. a lot, like, uh, like just standing on the court. Like, I wasn't I was surprised she wasn't tech teed up for that. Exactly. You know, everyone was saying, how did Caitlin get a call for that? But Kim Mulkey over there is, you know, she's, she's got more court time than uh, half of Iowa's bench, so... <laughs> But anyway, nice. overall, a very, very, uh, very good ca- game. Super exciting. Love to see that viewership is up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, a few more small things, a few more interesting facts. So for the men's basketball final four, um, did you know, Rebecca, that no one, number one, number two, or number three seeds were in the final four for the first time ever? I know. That's wild. That was wild. Certainly been a shake-up year. Mm-hmm. Only six brackets predicted a perfect uh, final four. 
uh, a lot more predicted the championship because you know Florida Atlantic and uh, Miami didn't make it to the championship. But imagine like a Florida Atlantic Miami championship would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for our NCAA tournament. One more thing is that for the, I've already seen some way too early top twenty fives for um, you know men's basketball next year, and Purdue was predicted around top five. That's if Zach Eady returns. ESPN did a thing. There was like, if you're considered top 60, we're considering that player has gone to the NBA. So they said with without Eady, they're around 15 to 20 range, which is still really good. Um, I'm guessing you know Trey Coffin Run would be their starting center next year, but still pretty good for that um, for that year. Um, anyways, yeah, that's it for basketball, Rebecca. Let's get into some baseball here. You want to get some uh, talk about some of these games that Purdue baseball went through. Yeah, um, so Purdue beat MSU in the Big Ten opener 5-4 to four, uh, Friday, March 24th, and then they went 2-1 and one in that home series um, against Northwestern after that. Um, so Saturday's game is postponed due to rain, so we had two games on Sunday. Uh, current record is 12-15 and 15 in 3-3 three and three in conference play, so they are definitely well underway. Um, you know, we've got our next two away games um, will be a series at Minnesota coming up um this weekend but yeah it's been super fun to have them back i was at the northwestern game on friday they looked really good um yeah i mean did, we've did got you some see the walk-off home run um i'm baseball? pretty sure i did the one in the 10th inning looks yes. like four to three yep i believe i was there nice. um but yeah super great um and then softball they are also well underway on their season they are now 17 and 19 uh two and six in conference play uh, we took a sweep by IU, um, unfortunately, this past week, uh, five to eight in the 3 p.m. game, and then five to four in the 5:30 game. They had a doubleheader. Um, we will play at Rutgers um, in a triple header this weekend. Uh, is isn't it funny that Purdue's still finding ways to lose to IU and getting swept in sports? Isn't that crazy? You know. That this might just be that year. Do they do they play again? Purdue IU? Do they play in Bloomington? Um, I don't think here. so. No, they don't. Okay. Um, baseball and softball don't usually like repeat opponents just yeah. because they'll play like three game yeah, series. That's true. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You say uh, softball record um was seventeen nineteen, and they're two and six in the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of a slower start. Um, I guess some might say as we're kicking off our Big Ten play. Um, we've got a pretty young team. Um. Had a couple different pitching changes. Um, I was at one of the IU games, the second game, uh, the 530. Um, and so, yeah, they've been, you know, messing around a lot with different pitchers. But we did have some good hits. Um, I, IU, I know they have one freshman that's really, really good. Um, we were walking her intentionally every time just because she is a really good hitter. Um, but, yeah, super excited to see the rest of the season unfold, hoping that we can make it out to some more games. I know I work. Yeah, they need us out there, don't they? That's that's they our, do. We're the good luck charm. I Hopefully, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I work another softball game in two weeks, so Grant can come with me if you want. Nice. I know they play Wisconsin um, in a few days here, so I'd be down to go just go see a game, honestly. Softball or baseball, I'm trying to see. Um, this week actually might not be good because of the weather, <laughs> and yeah. it might be getting delayed quite a few. Yeah, I know the um, past two, uh, these these weekend series, um, both of them, they ended up moving to a doubleheader um, for the Sunday just because we've had weather issues on Saturday, and it's you know currently raining, so we'll have to see how that unfolds for the rest of this weekend. Nice. Well, Rebecca, I think we got through some baseball, some softball. 
Now let's get into some NWSL, your highlight of my favorite segment segment here. So we are heading into week three of play. Uh, Portland and San Diego both sit atop the table with six points. Uh, They have won um, all of their games so far. Portland is ahead of San Diego, however, with a whopping goal differential of seven. Um, They won both of their games for the first one was four zero and then the next one was four one. So definitely putting up some big numbers there. in the second game, Sophia Smith had her first uh, career hat trick, so scored three of the four goals in that game, um, So, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, San Diego with some big viewership, too. Um, they set a new opening day record um, against Chicago, 30,854 fans at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. Um, so it is always great to see viewership increasing around the board. Um, we also have a new record for the most watched regular season match of all time. We have the Portland versus Kansas City game this past week um, put up a very nice 475,000 viewers, um, and that game was broadcast on CBS. So yay for our big broadcast deals. Thank you. Mm. Um, Some other super exciting news for the future. Um, We have another expansion team that's just been announced uh, for the Bay Area in California. Um, so the kind of the San Francisco region. So I am super excited for that. Now we have three California teams, which I mean, they proved um, that, you know, they've got the viewership um, to support three teams. We've got a, another all-female group of four investors coming together. Um, so I think I think that's going to be great. They have put out some um, kind of feelers on what fans think that the name should be. We've got many different things, a lot of which surrounding kind of the golden name-ish. So we've got... Um, the Golden Girls, which I think would be kind of funny, mm. um, like Fog, Gold, I don't know. People bringing in all kinds of things. But um, that will bring our total number of teams up to 14 for 2024, um, along with the return of the Utah Royals. Um, they were an expansion team from 2018, like 19-ish, if I remember correctly. Um, they only lasted about two or three years, and then they folded to some... Uh, ownership issues and you know turnover with management and stuff like that but they had a really strong fan base um when they were here so that'll be great um to have them back along with the bay area team to yeah bring our grand total up to 14 um which means that i'm gonna be having to moving through our stadiums here i'm falling a little behind um this summer i'm hoping to bring my grand total of stadiums visited up to six um but again i'm you know I gotta be on top of it. They keep adding new mm. teams. They're talking about adding Boston for twenty twenty like five or six. Um, so yeah, just all you know, all kinds of people showing out for the NWSL, and it's you know it's proving to be, um, you know, valuable in helping to get support for these new teams. As um as someone who's not in an NWSL, there are twelve. Teams? Currently, there are 12, twelve teams. We're adding two for next season, which will bring 14. the total up to fourteen. Very nice. Yeah, um, some U.S. Women's National Team stuff as well. The April training roster has released um, as well as um, that was. Yeah, it'll be one of the last few rosters before the World Cup roster. Um, We're kind of cementing who we're going to see. This roster is a little bit bigger, so we've got some players trialing. um, But overall, you know, we've got a pretty decent idea of who's who's going to be on that uh, World Cup roster. Um, some names we haven't seen in quite a while. Julie Ertz and Casey Kruger are both back in the lineup after long absence periods uh, due to injury and maternity leave. Um, so it is, I don't know, shaking things up. We've got some names that people weren't sure if they were going to be back in time for the World Cup. Now they're in this April training roster. 
Um, so, I mean, we have two veterans on the team. We've been missing a really, um, you know, solid midfielder, like a holding six for a hot second. Um, so I think having Julie Ertz back in that lineup is going to do some really, really good things, um, especially with Sam Mewis being out again for the long term with another knee injury that just she cannot seem to shake. Um, so, yeah, super exciting to have some vets back in that lineup. And, you know, we're getting closer, man. Um, it's going to be super exciting summer of uh, World Cup games. Along with that, uh, the New Jersey was just dropped uh, for the World Cup this summer. I know we kind of teased it in our last episode um, as there were some rumored uh, or leaked kits, but now we have it confirmed. And I mean, it, it looks pretty good. I'll give them a six out of 10. Um, it's, you know, like we saw earlier, it's the solid blue. It's got some red and blue kind of stripes. Uh, the crest is in red. Um, and then our away kit is all white with kind of bluish, blackish, like paint splatter design almost. So they're not great, but they're also not terrible in my opinion. We also have all of the Nike uh, Women's World Cup kits for the countries that are sponsored by Nike. And I gotta say, they're really disappointing compared to Adidas kits. Um, Adidas dropped their whole line of kits a couple weeks ago, and they're all like nature themed. So like that, whatever country it is from, um, they picked kind of like the the best elements of their nature. Um, so like Australia, we had um, some of like the coral elements. Uh, we've got like the rainforest of Costa Rica. Um, so all kinds of really pretty jerseys. Um, Nike kits were just boring. A lot of plain colors, a lot of repeat or similar looking jerseys. Um, but you know we gotta wait and see how they all look when they're on the field together this summer. Um, moving on to some Purdue soccer, haven't really had a ton to say about them since it's the off season. Um, unfortunately their match against Notre Dame for last weekend was canceled due to weather, but they play UIC this Saturday and Valparaiso on the 22nd. So getting some, uh, some matches under their belt, you know, getting some freshmen being able to break into the lineup. Hopefully, um, we had a lot of red shirts last year due to injuries and just various, lineup issues um so it'll be exciting to see some of those people back and i will be at the valparaiso game on the 22nd grant if you want to come with me and watch um perhaps honestly 22nd i don't know um oh, we'll have to figure that out because that's a little while away but if i am free then perhaps awesome very much so well that is enough of me going on about soccer grant i feel like you got a rant built up today I don't do. you you I seem do. a little tense let it all out it's not just the weather, Rebecca. It's also the fact that the Pacers, you know, Pacers, what can I say? Um, their season's finally coming to a close. NBA season ends uh, this upcoming Sunday. Um, teams will be will be playing their 82nd game. They all, all 30 teams play on Sunday, so you get a whole bunch of games. The Western Conference is still, um, there's a lot of teams in the mix there. But um, the Pacers now, they just need to stop winning the games, okay? So they they've been okay. So they've been pretty bad this year, right? You know they've had injuries as well. Tyrese Halliburton's been out, but also just they're a very young team. They don't have all the the pieces they need to go to the playoffs and make a, a deep run. So the fact that um that uh yeah what was I gonna say? I can't even remember my own rant here. Oh, we gotta we just gotta stop winning games because they they should just tank with the NBA regular season wrapping up. Uh, the Pacers were eliminated from playoff contention a few days ago. Um. This segment probably would have been better if the Pacers were still in playoff contention because then I could say they need to stop winning. But there there was no reason for us to keep winning and go to the playoffs because if we did, we would have gotten destroyed by 30 points and like the or we would have been in the play-in tournament, which you have to win a game to make it to the playoffs. It's so convoluted. Pacers would have lost by 30 to the Heat or the you know Raptors or the um, or the 
Nets or somebody, anybody. Um, but yeah, I think it's better that the Pacers lose because I'm excited for the upcoming 2023 NBA draft class is looking really good. Um, there's a few guys I watched in the tournament this year that looked really good. Um, the number one pick is not even was not even in college, but Pacers um, would be very lucky to get him considering their draft odds. That is Victor Wembanyama of France, seven five, um, hundred hundred ninety to two hundred two hundred pounds, I think. As I said, I think I've said this before, Becca, but he's like Zach Eady if he can actually dribble the ball and shoot. He's like Zach Eady if he was a guard, so he can dribble. He can like take the ball up and dribble, and and it's like he's like he's playing on a mini hoop. It's it's very very fun to watch him. Um, like I, I think any team would have him. I don't think the Pacers could really do anything with him, but the Pacers also are currently tied with the Magic and the Washington Wizards for the sixth highest draft pick, um, for the number six pick, our uh, sixth highest draft odds. And they have to go 0-3 in these next few games, including against the New York Knicks tonight with Jalen Brunson, their star guard, out. So it's going to be even harder to, to lose against them. But if we can do it, if we can go 0-3 and the Wizards and Magic go 1-2 and each, then the Pacers would have the six highest odds, and that's the highest we could get is probably at six. And that's, that's still really good. We, we still have a chance of getting a great player. And I'm just really excited for the upcoming draft. That's why I think the Pacers should keep tanking. They should just keep playing their young guys. Honestly, if they really want to lose, but they don't want to make it look like they're losing on purpose. Just play some of their like G League guys. <laughs> that they they just they just signed Gabe York, who's a, one of their G League guys, to a two way contract, so he plays a few games in the NBA and G League. They should just have like, hey Gabe, come on, play some games for us real quick. The last three games of the season, um, that'd be fun to see. Uh, fun fact, Pacers also play the Pistons on Friday night, so Jaden Ivey will be coming back to Indianapolis for the second time this season. Um, I wish I could go to the game. Unfortunately, um, I have to work Saturday morning, so I want to drive all the way down there and then come up back all the way up here to work. And I have to drive back all the way back home because I have to go uh, watch my dog while my parents are gone. Um, but yeah, so it would be nice to go see it, see Jaden Ivey play. And actually, my I just found out that my Jaden Ivey jersey arrived. Rebecca, I'd ordered the um, the Pistons J Ivy jersey it took me a while because it was out of stock everywhere, but I finally got one. Um, it's going to be a really nice jersey when I finally get it on Saturday and look at it and wear it. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, it wasn't really that was my that was my rant, if you will. It didn't really feel like a rant; it just felt like me talking about the Pacers there. But regardless, I feel like the Pacers should tank, keep up the tank season. Pacers, you guys have done a great job. Next year will be the playoff season. Next year will be the, the championship year. Thank you very much, everyone. Wow, those are some uh, prolific words mm -hmm. from Grant. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we know how you feel about the Pacers. Um, I'm going to be really honest for you. Um, I definitely fell for an April Fool's joke that I saw on Twitter. Um, when you're talking about Victor Wominyama, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, didn't you see that he's not declaring for the draft until next year? Oh, my God. Um, and then I just looked it up to see if I was wrong, and it turns out um, it was an April Fool's joke. So, happy April Fool's to everybody. Haha. -ha, There's including no way myself. he would not declare for the draft. Well, I just I happened to see it across Twitter, and then you brought up his name, and I was like, hmm, I feel like I heard something about this guy. Anyway, um, so that brings us to the end of our regular scheduled programming, um, and it's time for us to head into our overtime segment. Let's do it. Let's finish it up here, Rebecca. Um, looking at the script here, we have like one one line down for this overtime segment. So let's get some good stuff. Let's get some thinking here. So Rebecca, our overtime segment today um, was going to be which university has the coolest mascot or name. Did you want to do that? Um, sure, we can do that. Um, let's see. I 
did um, a bracket for um, the NCAA tournament based off of like mascots and names, and I had the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns winning it all. I just think that's super fun. Um, their mascot is like a little crawfish looking dude, and it's like kind of spicy. Um, so yeah, I liked the Raging Cajun, so that's that's definitely up really high on my list. Um, I don't know, I I do like the letter, um, like the mascots that are or like the logos that are the letters. Um, but I also really like um, what's the called when you when you put it the same when it's the same thing on both sides. Uh, um, Symmet- symmetrical, symmetrical, symmetrical. Yes. That's what yes, it is. Yes, yes. Um, I definitely am a big fan of symmetrical mascots. I think from like a graphic design perspective, they just look really good. Mm-hmm. I do like Yukons though. The husky looks kind of yeah, yeah. Okay, so when when it comes to Yukon though, their current mascot's pretty cool, but their their previous one, their previous logo for it looks a lot better. Fair. The other uh, th- it's kind of like a throwback, but they they did it for like twenty years before they switched it in two thousand ten, um, and just looks a little better. And I think they wore the jerseys for the throwback. Um, in a tournament, and people were like, "Oh yeah, why why don't you guys just keep these? Because they look really good." Exactly. I would argue that Purdue's train logo um, from a couple years ago is better than the uh, motion P that we have right now. Yeah, I see. I think when used in the right situation, the P looks good, but just overall, it's not great. I don't know if I like it on the court. Honestly, I wish maybe they had a different logo for it. I don't know. What What do you think about that P? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's okay. I like, I think the black and gold is a really underrated color combination in terms of, you know, college athletics. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's impossible to look bad in black and gold, but I, I, yeah, I really like the train. I, again, it's kind of symmetrical, which I appreciate. Um, and I just, I don't know, I feel like it has more character, you know, like, I feel like all the big 10 mascots, um, or like logos are all just like the letter, which kind of gets boring. It's true. And half of them are red. Yeah. A lot of them are red. Michigan State has a nice logo, and there's one of the only ones that, yeah, Michigan State, the only one that doesn't have, one of the only ones, I believe. Um, Who else doesn't have a letter? The Hawkeyes? Yes, Iowa doesn't have a letter as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think, yeah, Rutgers, Maryland all have letters. Penn State does not have one either. That's it. Penn State, Cougars. Nittany Lions. Or Nittany Lions, yes. They're okay. They're pretty similar. They are, yeah, pretty similar. But Michigan State Spartans, I mean, that's iconic. Um, one of the ones I want to bring up really quickly was the Boise State Broncos. I just really like how their mascot looks. If okay, I show that's you this picture. Neat. It has a, it's a blue and orange Bronco there with a, you know, it's got the white eyes, angry looking eyes. But then it also shows off their field, their football field, and they have they have the blue turf. So it's blue oh, and orange. I don't like that. You don't like that? No. I think it's pretty cool. Like imagine that's playing so on blue weird. field. Yeah, but that's that's the fun part. It's like playing on the Oregon basketball court. Oregon also has a cool mascot, the Oregon Ducks. The duck, ducks, but the duck mascot is really cool. The mascot is neat. I they just redid that court fairly recently, um, but I really am not a fan. It's like kind of camo looking. Almost. Yeah, yeah, because they're supposed to be trees. They don't, it does honestly doesn't look that cool because it's like it's like it just looks like it's like when you scrape the out. when yeah. you scrape the like sealant over it. I remember at my like elementary school gym like over the summer when they would redo the like waxing on the um like on the basketball court in our gym. Like, before it, like, fully set, it would kind of flake off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what that looks like to me. It looks kind of scuffed up. Did you know my um, my elementary school used to have a carpet gym? Ew, that's really gross. Yeah, and so if you would fall down or, like, hurt you yourself, you get, you get a rug burn. You get a carpet burn, a rug burn, yeah. That's so gross. I think they changed it if, if you're, if two, you're two years ago. I think they changed it to actual gym floor. And I think that was because people kept getting rug burns. And they're like, oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. I mean, hey, those sliding on wood floors hurt, too. True. 
whenever I hear like at Holloway when the volleyball players will hit the ground, I just like I cringe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Holloway, real quick, Rebecca, we're going off topic here. But did you go to the volleyball? You went to the volleyball? Yeah, game I did. It was great. Um, Saturday, the spring yeah. game. Um, so they played four sets. Um, they've been playing four sets in other spring seasons, which is a little interesting. Um, normally because if you, it's best of five. So if you win three, then you just stop the game there. But we played four, um, one four zero. Um, really exciting showing. Chloe Chacon looks phenomenal. I mean, I saw her in high school, but like supported by college players, you know, like um, Eva Hudson, Sydney M as the setter. Yeah. Um, it, she's unbelievable. You know, everybody in the gym kind of like gasps when she serves just because she's like killing whoever's across from her. Um, but yeah, I mean, the team looks really good. We got to see a few of the freshmen um, break into the rotation, not too, too many. Um, but again, you know, mainly Chloe. Um, but yeah, super exciting. Then they had a signing event afterwards, um, which was pretty neat. I got my poster signed by all poster of them. Poster signed. You got all all the signatures now? I got the whole team. And what you know what was cool is that um, I, it just so worked out that all of the people who graduated in the fall, like who aren't playing, they mm-hmm. were all there watching. That's so cool. I was upset that I wasn't able to get the graduating seniors on my poster, but now I got um, Emma Ellis, Ava Torrance, Maddie Chin, uh, Maddie Cook. They were all there supporting. Had a nice little chat with them. Um, but yeah, super exciting. I love watching volleyball so much, and so it was awesome to be able to go um, and see them win. Yeah. Another thing real quick, now that we're talking about sports, I mean, we kind of went off the rails here, but um, we had our we had our softball game, our intramural softball game that Rebecca and I are on on Sunday. Um, Rebecca could not make it because of her rugby. That she was also at a rugby game on Sunday as well. Yeah, so many, I, uh, so many sports going on yeah, here. Yeah, you go ahead. And then I'll but yes, yeah, softball game. We got whooped fifteen to nothing. Guys, <laughs> oh my god. The team we ended up playing, um, Rebecca was. Uh, they had all played high school baseball or softball. So, and and the combination of it, we were under. We had un, we 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 didn't have you unfortunately, but it wasn't it wasn't the biggest um, deal. But they had more players, obviously. And then um, it was also really wet outside. It was really uh, rainy because it had rained earlier in the day. So I was playing outfield. I didn't have cleats on. I had, I slipped a few times trying to catch a ball. I was literally trying to g- grab a ball, and I s- <laughs> slipped and I fell. I heard something about that. Kayla yeah. told me a little yeah. story about oh, how well, you I'm not slipped sliding about around. That. Yeah, it, it's, it was tough out there. I don't, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you. We all we all just kind of, yeah. But then afterwards, they're like, do you guys want to – they asked if they want to keep playing. And some of our team was like, nah. And I was like, I'll play, I'll play, sure. And then they were still hitting. I was watching them hit just like, even them, you know, by themselves, just hitting. Hit nukes. They're hitting bangers. Didn't they mercy ball. you, mercy rule you in the third inning? Yeah, that's what we're saying. We lost fifteen to zero in the third inning. Not even we, there's normally six innings in intramural and in softball. So, so but yeah, you guys won your rugby games, right? Um, so we won the first game, lost the next two. Um, but they were they were good games. This was my first time playing sevens. Um. So in rugby, you either play sevens or fifteens, where seven players or fifteen players mm-hmm. are on the field. Sevens is a lot faster pace. Um, you know, you are moving real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it was super exciting. Um, you, they came to the second game, so they were able to see me get absolutely pounded. Um, yeah, it second was game. Fu- was it was rough. fun to watch. It was. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I scored uh, my first try nice. in the third game, though. Nice. Scored my first one. Just kind of snuck it in there. Um, yeah, I had a potential, uh, wasn't sure if I had maybe a little head knock uh, during the game, so I was not able to attend our softball game. You know, I was having some, you know, headache, nausea-type possible concussion issues. Anyway, yeah. any that is all fine now. Um, it has since cleared up, so no worries on that end. 
Um, but I am super excited to make it to our next intramural softball game. Hopefully, yeah. we don't get mercy ruled. And I think another so it'll be a great segment in the future is just to talk about rugby in general because there's so many. I don't. I don't say we should. Talk, we, we're running out of time today, but next time, just talking about there's so many interesting positions and their names are so weird that I just I just want to talk about it. But Do you know what position I play? No. I play fly half. See, what is that? A fly half? That's just funny. The, uh, the you got a scrum half? Oh, my God. Okay, save it for, save it for okay, the next well, segment. Okay, that's a little next, sneak peek of show, our next, next episode oh, when we man. will cover some of the rugby positions. Yeah. But until then, uh, thank you all for listening to episode 17. I hope you have a lovely week. Um, and, yeah, until our next episode, I am Rebecca here with Grant, and this has been Boiler Buzzer Beater. Goodbye, guys. See you guys. Have a good day. Yeah.